Welcome to He That Hath Ears, Listen Podcast. My name is Dave Krupa, a Christian and student of the Bible. Each episode, I will share lessons I learned from God's Word to help on the Christian journey in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time exploring the Bible with me today. Now, let's listen. Death is a very scary thought to each and every one of us. I believe I would be safe to say that each one of us has wondered what death holds in store for us. How will I eventually die? By fire? In a car accident? Cancer? Heart attack? Or just old age? How will I check out of this world? This is a very disturbing thought. Each and every one of us knows that death is inevitable. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, Hebrews 9 and 27. We must realize the importance of this knowledge. A good example for our study can be found in 2 Kings chapter 20. Hezekiah is sick and is told by the Lord through Isaiah, Set thy house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. 2 Kings 20 and 1. We're told the same sort of thing in the New Testament. Turn your Bibles with me, if you will, to James chapter 4, starting at verse 13. Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, and spend a year there, and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while, and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. In fact, Jesus, when asked about the second coming, replied in Mark chapter 13, verse 32, But of that day or hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. Take heed, keep on the alert, for you do not know when the appointed time will come. Many of us would think this is a bad situation. I mean, to be told you're not going to live? Not certainly news that we would want to hear. But if you finish reading the story in Second Kings 20, we find that this knowledge of impending death provoked a changing of an attitude. It led Hezekiah closer to God. The knowledge of death turned his face to the wall, and he wept bitterly to the Lord, displaying his dependency upon the Lord for forgiveness. The same should be true of people today. We have the knowledge of impending death. We have the knowledge of when it will happen. It could be any time. We have the knowledge of what comes after death, the judgment. With this knowledge, we should have our houses in order 24 hours a day, 52 weeks a year. Yet the sad thing is that many people in the world think that they have much more time to spare, and that when they have done all the things they think are important, they will get their lives straight with the Lord. So on this thought, I ask you, If you had one day, 24 hours, 
1,440 minutes to live, what would you do? What a sobering thought. Many would do nothing. Yet we who are believers in Christ come to the realization that in 24 hours, I'm going to stand before my Creator and give an account of the good and the evil I have done in this life. Will I stand approved or disapproved? Would I run around frantically trying to right all the wrongs I have done? Or would I just continue with what I've been doing up until now? This knowledge of oncoming death should provoke us to examine our lives and our deeds to see whether our ways are God's ways. So let's examine some sobering thoughts that we should examine in our lives. There are many today who are not ready to face the Lord in judgment, who still need to come to the belief that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. We know that belief is often equated to faith, and that faith without works is dead, James chapter 2, verse 17. So in other words, it takes more than belief that Jesus is the Son of God. It takes action. It takes baptism. It takes obeying the gospel. It takes making God's ways our ways. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Mark 16 and 16. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Matthew 28 and 20. There are many who need to obey the gospel. They know that they need to do it. But it just keeps getting put off. Procrastination is the thief of time and souls. Not all have obeyed the gospel, we are told in the scriptures. But we are also told that God is not willing that any one of them should perish, but that all should come unto repentance. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. There are many who have believed and obeyed, yet have become too worldly-minded. They have forgotten about their spiritual well-being, rather worrying about the ways of the world. Turn with me, if you will, to Revelations chapter 3, verse 15. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And I solve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore be zealous and repent. Those works that are lukewarm 
will not be accepted of God. These people need to get their priorities straight and start again living the faithful, obedient, dedicated life as children of God. These are but a few things we should do. Let us look for a moment at some things we shouldn't do. With the knowledge of one day left, we probably wouldn't be busy in selfish hoarding of material things for some later rainy day. Turn with me to Luke chapter 12, starting with verse 15. Then he said to them, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your soul is required of you, and now who will own what you have prepared? Seeking the good life in years to come would be kind of foolish if we only had 24 hours left. Secondly, we wouldn't put off until tomorrow, for there wouldn't be a tomorrow. If we had only 24 hours to live, we would certainly like to use every single minute that we have for God. We would not spend time foolishly, knowing that every minute counts. Procrastination is truly the thief of souls. Consider, if you will, a person that always put off obeying the gospel because they were too busy. On their way to work, they get in a car accident, and poof, it's over. Truly, procrastination would cost that person eternal life. I'm too busy would be a foolish statement to one who only has 24 hours left. Third, I don't think we would take the gifts of God for granted as much. So many forget the great sacrifice that Jesus paid on our behalf. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16 So many of us forget the gift that we have of being able to assemble with other members of the church. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Praying for our health, food, and our family's well-being would not seem foolishness to us anymore. Finally, I don't think we would take chances doing questionable things. We might think, well, just this one time. But that one time might be all it takes for us to lose our soul. Each and every day would be filled with walking for Him. So what should we do? 
We should do all that is needed to put one's house in order. We should search ourselves. Test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. Or do you not recognize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail the test? 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. What does examining ourselves look like? Well, if we look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5, we kind of get a glimpse. Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Let me take this speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite! First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Perhaps we should reflect upon the number of years that we have spent in foolish living. We should spend time in the study of God's Word. Paul told the young preacher, Study to show thyself approved of God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2 and 15 Of course, we should spend time in prayer. Pray without ceasing was Paul's command to the church in Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17. Perhaps we should fix up all the wrongs we have made with others and become faithful in our service to the Lord. The Christian should live each day as though it were his last. Let's look at Matthew chapter 24, starting with verse 36. But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then there will be two men in the field, one will be taken, one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken, and one will be left. We need to come to the realization there is no insurance of tomorrow. Today may very well be the last day. I've heard a quote by somebody that said, Today is the first day of the rest of your life. What are you going to do with it? What will we do with it? Will we always think there is tomorrow? Or will we think we had better take care of business today? before it's too late. We have the time now. Why wait? The opportunity is now. Yet, the question is, do you have the right condition of your heart? Remember procrastination? Procrastination is the thief of souls. 
Carpe diem is another quote we often hear. It's Latin for seize the day. After all, tomorrow may never come. Thanks for listening. W. Clement Stone wrote, That which you share multiplies, that which you withhold diminishes. If you found this podcast enjoyable, share the link with someone you care about.